Why did you contact us? You contacted us. We were just listening. And there are others? Many others. Live long and prosper. Bad feeling about this. So say we all. This is going to get pretty interesting. Define interesting. The God of God, we're all going to die? Only try to realize the truth. There is no spoon. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This is episode 11 of Sci-Fi Diner Conversations. Miles, I love this aspect of what, of what we do. This is our interaction with everyone that's coming into the diner. You know, we, we, we kind of refill the coffee each week with sci-fi, and it's mm-hmm. it's just it's great to hear from them. Right, and um, we get to hear what they're you know what 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 they're uh, watching and uh, what they're liking, what they're not liking, and uh, uh, this is a great thank you guys for listening, for tuning in, for sharing your thoughts about the sci-fi that you're watching, that you're into, the things that we're talking about. Eh, the things that we aren't talking about, we, right. we, we just love hearing that. We love hearing it. A lot of this comes from the Facebook fan page, from the emails that you send, and even from the calls that you give us. We obviously share, share our own views on some of the shows, but this is a good time. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm Scott Herzog. And hello, I am Miles P. McLaughlin. Yeah, still waiting. Still wait. I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> but uh, this is great. Uh, Miles had this old tag they used to do. If you go back into the earlier shows of the Sci-Fi Diner, probably 80 episodes ago. And uh, 80? No, it's, wait, we're at episode 87 miles. That's There's true. a lot of That's time true. between now and then. Um, but this is this is some goodness. Uh, miles, what have you been watching in sci-fi? Well, uh, some of our shows are finally, unfortunately, taking their their um, mid-season hiatus. And we'll be talking about some of these shows in mm-hmm. just a bit. Uh, what, have you been watching anything else? Any movies? Um, I haven't seen any new sci-fi movies, but um, let's see. I watched... Um, Last week's uh, No Ordinary Family, which had a very um, kind of a darker ending to it, but it was but it was good. It was really really good. And uh, I asked uh, you know you the listeners on, on our on our Facebook fan page what you thought. And, and I think I have your responses a little bit later on in this listener episode. So so we got some, we, we got some interaction there. Yeah. And uh, you know last week's Fringe I, I just caught yesterday, and yeah, that we'll was, be talking about that mm-hmm. in a moment too. And. Some some real good stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but other than that, not a lot of sci-fi beyond that. Um, not watching, but uh, but I am you know re- reading a Star Trek novel written by David uh, Alan Mack, Blaze uh, in the Tie Fine Pack series, and it is very good. It's, you reading uh, that on your Kindle? I reading that on my on my on new Kindle. Yes, you, you still loving your Kindle? I love my Kindle very much. Oh wow, mm-hmm. love it, loving your Kindle. Mm-hmm. I think Katie needs to watch out. <laughs> um, I, you know, I've not been watching. Well, I've been watching Charlie Jade. I'll be talking about that in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I have been watching. I watched Lord of the Rings: Fellowship of the Ring this past Sunday. Okay, uh, you know, Black Friday they had the DVDs on Blu-ray for seven bucks a pop, and I picked up all three of them. You know, that's a good deal. It, it was a good deal. Um, I realized that in watching it, how used. 
how how used to I'd become of watching the extended versions of them. Right. Because these are the three-hour versions versus the four-hour versions that I also have on DVD. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot cut out. They changed some things in there. And so some stuff that I was used to. I'm like, hey, where'd this go? Where's, that, where's this scene? Mm-hmm. Um, but let me tell you something else that I found ironic or kind of interesting. I watched it with my daughter. Okay. Who's nine. Now, do you remember these movies? I do, but it, it's they, been it's been a while. They are pretty violent. That fight scene at the end gets pretty. I mean, they're lopping off people's heads. Do you remember this? Oh, I do, and um, kind of scary. And I was like, I wasn't sure how she'd react to this. Right? right? She goes, "Oh, Dad, I watched this. My daughter's adopted, by the way." He goes, and she's she's adopted, and she's from Haiti. If you right. didn't know that, and she goes, "Oh, Dad, I watched this when I was in the orphanage when she was five or six. And there's a part <laughs> of me that's just like. You gotta be kidding me. But you know, I guess because she's watched before, it's not quite as scary. She loves these movies, by the way. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, you know, strike one out for geekdom here. But I just couldn't believe a five year old watching that. That's like, you know, taking your kids to see The Watchmen. Oh my, yeah, that's. He, he, I mean, I could think The Watchmen's a little bit worse than that, but still, mm-hmm. it's violent. It's pretty violent. It's a little much, I, I would, I would think it's a lot for a five year old. Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe that makes me a prude. I don't know, but mm-hmm. that's just for, <laughs> that's just a, my reaction was like, wow. I can't believe that. But so, anyways, that's kind of what I watched. I spent uh, three hours of my Sunday watching that. It was rainy, rainy Sunday. It was good. That's too. a nice way to spend a Sunday. It was. It now, was good. Do the Blu-rays have the Easter eggs? Do you know? Oh, I don't know. Okay, I didn't. I didn't check in. They have special features. I didn't go into it. Okay, there was a disc that came along with. It. I just watched the movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, by the way, uh, thanks for putting up with last week's Skype hell. Oh my! And yes. It was Skype hell last week when we met with uh, good friends Dayton Dilmore and John Frage mm-hmm. from ThinkGeek.com. Check it out before Christmas. But uh, it was it was a lot of fun. But wow, Skype hell! People dropped in and out all over the place, and uh, and actually, I thought the episode itself came together okay. It still sounded good, and um, I think I think you listeners could tell. We were having, even with Skype Hill, we were still having a lot of fun. Oh, there was, we had a lot of, there was a lot of hilarity. Right. And if you didn't listen through to the end, you really got to go back and listen through the Six Million Dollar Man, you know, mm-hmm. theme song at the end because there's some hilarity in that. So. Um, any show with, when we have Dayton and, and Kevin on, it's going to be, we're going to have a lot of fun. When, it, when Dilmore joined, it just changed the tone. <laughs> it did. It did. It changed the tone of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, we had meant to list a sci-fi five and five. We had actually recorded it and ended up not putting it in because of the complications with the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the reasons that the, the, the trivia appeared at the end, we're going to give you that trivia in just a moment here because in case you missed it in that show, and it'll be in our regular show this week as well. Um, but we also meant to list the sci-fi Christmas items that you wanted on your sci-fi Christmas list. You, the listeners, had shared a bunch of things you wanted. And so we're going to go ahead and list what you, the listeners, wanted on your sci-fi Christmas list mm-hmm. here in the Sci-Fi Diner conversation, since that was really a part of the last show. But we're going to bring it in here. Um, I did post them in the last week's show notes, so they are there. Mm-hmm. But we're going to share them with you tonight. Here are what some of the listeners wanted on their sci-fi Christmas list. Why don't you take the first one, and we'll just kind of alternate here. Uh, Wayne Henderson, he says he wants more well-made Philip K. Dick movies. So do we. <laughs> yep, so do we. Um, Cliff uh, Griffin says he wants Caprica Clone Wars and Farscape DVDs, the Jedi Path Vault edition of The Force Unleashed 2. Hmm. 
That would be an awesome gift. Right. Um, uh, Judy uh, says she wants Stargate Universe on Blu-ray. Absolutely. Bruce uh, Bruce, yeah, sorry about that. Br- Brady Harden wants the lost finale, the uh, final season, sorry, the lost final season on DVD. And, uh, Jason Taylor would like unanswered questions about lost. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, uh, don't a lot of people. Uh, Mike Craig, uh, says, yeah, even though the prices are so high, so he won't be buying or asking for the DVD or Blu-ray box sets. But if MGM wants to ask a realistic price for the SGU season one and Blu-ray, well, Santa can bring that to me. Very cool. Uh, Carl uh, wants to start watching Supernatural uh, based on the positive feedback he has heard. Yep, and Chelsea Jones wants Tom Baker's scarf, the complete series of classic Doctor Who on DVD, the Buffy comic books, my closet to be painted like the TARDIS, uh, read the Werewolf Hunter on DVD, the figurines of Doctor Who, and the complete series of Andromeda on DVD. So I want my closet painted like the TARDIS too. (laughs) And when I open the door, I wanted to make that sound. That, you know, when it, the TARDIS appears. That's the time machine at Dr. Yeah, Dr. yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like I, I should insert the sound here. But it's, it's a, I can't do it by, by my mouth. But it was, uh, but yeah, so that, that's a good list. Thank you, everyone, for, for giving us mm-hmm. uh, what's in your sci-fi Christmas list, realistic or unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And it's totally cool that you guys shared it with us. We love when you guys share. Thanks, everyone, for writing in and for interacting on our Facebook fan page and answering those questions. So that's really cool. Miles, we got some iTunes reviews. We love iTunes reviews. Yeah, yeah. So why don't you go ahead and read the first one, and I'll take the second one. This first one comes from Hearn, and this appeared in the Canadian store, actually. So uh, Hearn. Thank uh, you, Hearn. Thank you very much, Hearn. Uh, FYI, I dropped a little review in the Canadian iTunes store for you. Uh, the Sci-Fi Diner podcast is a great show that delves deep into science fiction genre. Uh, Scott and Miles discuss current sci-fi, older sci-fi, and all things geeky and science fiction-y from TV and uh, printed media. There are great interviews with people like uh, Kevin Sorbo, uh, David Nickel, James, Edward James Alamos, Dominic Keating, Chase Masterson, and many, many others. So if you're into science fiction and, and geekery, then they have a, then, then have a listen to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. You won't be disappointed. So thank you, Hearn, for sharing that. We love our five-star reviews. Yes. And the people just sharing a little bit of what they think. And our second iTunes review came courtesy of John Monroe, who, of course, did Behind uh, the Enemy Lines podcast. Mm-hmm. He continues to release some good episodes of that. And he says this, real fans sharing their love. Scott and Miles both bring life to sci-fi. That It's hard not to love this cast, covering movies, TV, podcasts, and more. Their conversations, interviews, and addicted fan observations make for great listening. And the recent project reviewing older, missed-out sci-fi might have you finding more gems to enjoy. So thanks, John Moreau, mm-hmm. for sharing Thank that you, love as well. And uh, by all means, if any of you listening, leave us a, a, an iTunes review. Let us know. We'll share on the show. We'll talk about it. And mm-hmm. We appreciate it. We, of course, appreciate the positive ones. But, you know, if you have something constructive to say, we want to hear that too. We prefer maybe that you email it to us. We are always looking for always looking for ways to improve our podcast. Right, and we have taken suggestions in the past. So. Yeah, and we have changed stuff. Mm-hmm. We've changed stuff about it, so sure. appreciate it. Well, uh, we did get some audio feedback, and I wanted to play this because this kind of plays with this whole rating thing that Kevin called in last week to talk us about talk to us about. Mm-hmm. And this is a continuation of this. We had commented on how Hulu plays into it. Here is what his call is saying. This is Kevin Batchelder from Tuning to Sci-Fi TV and, of course, from the Viewing Challenge that we'll be talking about in just a second. Hey, guys. It's Kevin Batchelder from the Tuning It to Sci-Fi TV podcast. 
following up on the discussion about uh, ratings, which came up from my feedback uh, last listener show, uh, talking a little bit about Hulu, since it has commercials, are those included in the ratings? Uh, short answer is no, because it's, uh, again, ratings really are only TV-based stuff. But much like uh, DVR numbers as a, a, a giant conglomerate of everybody, the Hulu numbers are looked at uh, on some of the ratings numbers, just not Nielsen's. And again, keep in mind that uh, TV viewers, they look at, you know, you're talking about millions of viewers, whereas Hulu and online viewings, that's only thousands, maybe tens of thousands. So again, it's just much more minute. So it's not bad, but it's not all that important yet either. And if you or any of the listeners really want to learn a little more about all this rating stuff, I'd highly recommend a website by the name of tvbythenumbers.com. They do a great job of posting uh, ratings when they're released, some articles related to Nielsen and the way they're looked at by the networks, likelihood of shows being canceled or renewed, and other press releases that come up from Sci-Fi Channel and other networks and such. So it's a great place to go if you want to learn about some of this stuff. Enjoy the show. Thanks for doing it, guys. Talk to you soon. Yeah, so I, I thought he brought some uh, interesting points. Yeah, I, that's, I mean, I'm thankful for the information. It's, it's interesting, though. I, I've had to watch a few shows on Hulu recently because I you know, missed it or didn't DVR it. And what Hulu's doing now is they'll give you three choices of commercials to watch. So, you, you know, you've got to click on one before it starts playing again. So I wonder if those numbers are taken into account. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. They are looking – the people that advertise for the show on TV are probably not the same advertisers that are advertising in Hulu. That's a different advertising base. Right. That's my guess. And so if the ones that are paying for the show are the ones that are for live television, mm-hmm. they aren't going to be looking quite as closely right. at, at Hulu. And so I, I hear I hear what you're saying, and I think it's probably true. Probably true there. And uh, – and, you know, I appreciate the information too, Kevin, that you're sharing with us because, you know, obviously I, I don't know a ton about what goes on behind the scenes and mm-hmm. having that knowledge just helps empower us a little bit more and gives us a little bit more knowledge in uh, what we're talking about when we get those numbers, you know, scrolling across. Right. And maybe how we can help affect, um, you know, I, I know for myself, I don't always get to watch a show the day it airs. Uh, sometimes it might be like two or three more days before I watch it, but I may be doing it more harm than good by doing that. Well, and actually, Jen from New York, I, I, I think you'll hear her talk about it in a voicemail coming up. What she does is she will leave the TV show, the TV on, muted, mm-hmm. so that it plays the show, mm-hmm. even though she can't watch it, and then she'll watch it later on. So so it, what it does is it counts it for the rating. That's a, that's a, That's a very... Viral way of uh, doing it. That, 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 that's that's that's, an, that's, an, that's a great way to do that, it. But but that, that, that's really cool. I mean, uh, so at least the uh, the networks and powers that be are are getting you know the input they they want and need to uh, that the the viewers are are watching their show. Yeah. So if you're going to watch it anyways, leave your TV on. Walk out of the room. You know, put it on a TV in another room so you can consider mm-hmm. it watched. I think it's a great idea. But TV by the numbers, I have been to that site. They do give a lot of dynamite information, mm-hmm. by the way. So, Kevin, thank you so much for calling in and letting us know your thoughts and giving us your wisdom on Hulu and how it plays into the rating numbers. That's mm-hmm. that's really cool. Well, I want to share a little bit about our, our viewer challenge. We had some feedback come in on this, and we obviously will be sharing this in probably a, another episode that we'll talk about. I think Kevin and I are talking about either the Sunday recording or maybe even the next week recording. 
recording some time. And so I know that we're, we're looking at maybe Miles, you coming back in on that. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I gave you the episode of Charlie Jade, and I know you haven't watched that right. either. Um, but I did want to, I guess, pseudo apologize. I meant to post the Charlie Jade episode that I recorded about my thoughts on the first premiere that I watched or the premiere of the show that I watched. Just posted online and ended up dropping into the feed. And uh, did you care that I did that? Miles, did that bother you? Uh, not at all. Now, I, I actually, I, I think it was uh, kind of serendipitous that you did it because I listened to it and thought, I really should check out this show. Yeah, well, and I think we have some other listeners that kind of tuned into that as well. It was an unintentional drop, and uh, and uh, maybe the rest will be unintentional. It's just the way I, I didn't expect it to drop in. I did it. A, I embedded it in a slightly different way, and it still dropped. So that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Um, but. Wow, thanks for the names. We asked, I think, in the last episode of the listener feedback for people to give us name suggestions for mm-hmm. it. We got, Miles, had to be about 25 to 30 name suggestions oh, for wow. this uh, viewing challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can expect Batchelder and I are, are, are narrowing it down, and we're going to be giving you listeners a chance to vote. A vote on what we should be calling this. What we should be naming this little segment we have. Mm-hmm. We might have a whole new show coming out of this whole deal. Interesting. Uh, but <clears throat> just what I need, another podcast. I know. Right. <laughs> but maybe a little bit more sporadic than that. But um, but thanks for all the names. We had some great ones, and uh, we're, we're going to talk about that. We do have some thoughts from you, and I'm going to share just a few of them here. Mike Crate said, no question, the production value, and this is about Charlie Jade, from the get-go is very high, and one of those shows that play, pays if you fully commit. There's no half-arse viewing allowed, which is perhaps why I dismissed it the first time, time around. <laughs> so maybe you didn't take it quite as seriously. Some of you have decided to watch this along with me, and so thank you. I love to have your support. And awesome, my goal is about three to four episodes a week. And uh, I'm at two this week, and uh, might be by Saturday uh, watch a few more. Uh, Chris, my wife has gotten into it, so that's obviously helpful. Yeah, I mean, and your wife is not a sci-fi. She's fan. not easily convinced. Right. Uh, Tony K said, "I'm rewatching this with you as well. I had trouble getting into it and gave up on it after a few episodes. Hopefully, I can stay with it for the whole ride this time." Radu from uh, uh, from Kanda is is watching this along as well. First time around, I fell asleep, so I had to rewatch it again last night. It was much better when I was awake. For me, it has a film noir, Blade Runner like feel. I guess I have to pay a lot more attention to it than I'm used to. As far as the car locking goes, it could have been automatic. Even now, there are cars that lock themselves as soon as the keys walk away from them. I commented on the episode about how what you didn't car- like. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. It wasn't that I didn't like it; I thought it was a faux pas. You know, here's a car, and it doesn't look futuristic. It looks like an old style convertible okay. type car. And, uh, you know, he walks away. It's kind of unlocked in the bad section of town. So I just felt it was kind of like, yeah, maybe they don't have that type of crime. Maybe people don't steal cars in the future. But I don't know. And we had some thoughts on Dark Angel. Dark Angel, of course, is a show that Kevin Batchelder is watching. And uh, this is what Chelsea Dawn writes. She says, oh, oh, Dark Angel rocks. I watched it when it came out on on TV. Saw every episode. I love the show and the music. And the, the music uses awesome uh, guys, season two rocks. So does season one. It's full of awesomeness, hotness, kick assness, nerdiness, some awesome effects, lots of cool stuff. Hurry and watch it so I can tell you all more about it. Guys, I feel special because I watched something you all haven't. So uh, <laughs> there are a lot of people that watch stuff that I haven't, that's for sure. And Dark Angels, one I haven't watched. Miles, you haven't watched that either. No, I haven't. Yeah, we might have to. Maybe that'll be our next one that we watch. I don't know. 
And uh, do you want to read what Mike Drake sure. said about um, Dark Angel? He he writes in, I remember when the show premiered in the UK, the preceding show ended and they went straight to a countdown clock. Uh, no adverts or other trailers, but it really was a big thing back then. A good series, slightly weaker series, season two, but made Jessica Alba a star. Didn't do Michael Weatherly any harm. And oh yeah, Jessica... Uh, Jensen Ackles, and come to think of it, the the delectable Ashley Scott. You know, if nothing else, the the show did provide a springboard for a lot of talent. Yeah, so so some good stuff there, some Mm -hmm. good stuff. Well, thanks, Mike Crate and uh, and Chelsea and and everyone else that wrote in about the viewing challenge. And Mm -hmm. we'll keep you in the loop as to how it's going. And who knows, maybe we'll con Miles into joining us. Well, it may not be. May not be may not be too hard to come. You're not gonna have to twist my arm so much, no. All right. Well, we said that we were gonna bring the trivia here because the trivia was kind of. Uh, we said we were going to put it. I was going to insert it and never insert it in the show and ended up being at the very tail end of the podcast. So we're going to give you this trivia here. So, Miles, why don't you go ahead and give us this trivia? Well, we talked on our last show, um, and this was suggested by uh, Star Trek novelist uh, uh, Kevin Dilmore. And uh, what a great idea this is. So this is, the tri- this is the trivia question challenge. Locate the lyrics written by Gene Roddenberry to the Star Trek original series theme song. And then send us an MP3 or flip audio. Uh, you can either call in one eight 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 five zero eight four three four three of you singing the song. Right, and and of course, it's well worth it to do this because you get an awesome prize. Uh, we're going to make you work for a little harder this time, and but you are going to win, or the winner will will, will win a one hundred dollar gift card to ThinkGeek.com. Yeah, and this is the final prize, final prize, final chance for you to win this. Right. And we're going to give you a month, a month to do it. So mm-hmm. January 11th, I believe, is when it's is due. And, uh, you know, you don't have to be artistically inclined. Uh, you, if you sing off key, hey, we just want evidence that you did the work, you found the lyrics, right. and you're, you're singing the song. Right. So the so so, so fi- find the lyrics to uh, the original series Star Trek. If you want to do it to music, great. Yes, if, if you want to play guitar, piano, background, uh, if you if you could find, I mean, mad right. props to you if you find the, the actual music. Yeah, well, you know, it. if you just want to put the theme song on and sing with it, mm-hmm. right? You can do that, right? All right. So you have until January 11th to answer this question, and uh, make sure you send it. I guess you send the link to it if you put it in YouTube. You can send a video to our Gmail account. It can't be real large, obviously, but uh, you know, you, or you can put it up in YouTube and give us a link to it. Mm-hmm. So whatever you want to do there. So, very cool, and don't harm any animals in the making of it, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. Well, we have some fringe thoughts here. Miles, we talked about this. This has to be has to be one of the freakiest episodes of Fringe. Not my favorite Fringe, mm-hmm. but it has to be one of the freakiest. I was definitely freaked out. Yeah. Man, when they started, uh, and this is spoilers, you haven't watched Fringe yet, skip ahead or, you know, whatever. But when he goes in to take out that guy's eyes, I couldn't look. I actually covered my eyes. It's been a long time since an episode in television made me cover my eyes like that. Yeah, this was... Uh... It was a very well done episode because the guy, the the, the antagonist, if you will, um, he was very apologetic to his victims. Right, yes. right, which was interesting, and he tried to keep them alive for the most part. Yeah, and which which I'm not. I, I, I was wondering to myself why was he? I mean, there's the guy. Well, if he's taking out organs, you know. They're not going to live that long, anyways. I mean, the guy with the eyes, he could still live. Right, right. The arm, he can mm-hmm. live, right? What, 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 yeah, so, but 
but what, the first victim, I mean, the, he took the guy's heart out, and they—he they, he was still alive for a little bit. He was still alive for a little bit. <laughs> and, and the interesting thing is, whatever the, the onsets of death took a lot longer than uh, they normally would have, which uh, Walter had uh, uh, a hand in, had a hand in, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, Wayne wrote in and said, you know, he 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 thought that this was a good episode of uh, of, of, of Fringe, uh, nothing like the past few weeks. Uh, I think the producers felt compelled to cover the Olivia coming to terms with the Olivia, and I don't think the Frankenstein, the Frankensteinian standalone story needed to be here. Shouldn't Fringe Division's sole purpose be now to stop Walternet and try saving both universes? Well, I agree. They, I think they did need to wrap up this whole uh, Olivia thing, or at least give some mm-hmm. closure to it, or at least address it. Uh, we have a poll going on our site that's going to address this a little bit later on. I'll throw this up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll be with this listener episode or with the main episode, but you know, um, she really rips into Peter in this episode, right? I mean, th- like I said before, I mean, they're, they they j- they really put Olivia through hell this last season, and it only you know at the end complicates things uh, a lot more. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we have an interesting poll question. You, you, uh, that's on our, our regular show for you to, for you to uh, answer. Um, but I, you know what? I mean, they still have, as far as should they be, should, should their efforts be solely on dealing with uh, the other Earth? Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, um, they, there's still things happening, and so they, you know, it's they they, they have to keep. Um, there's there, there's enough to keep them busy. There's definitely enough to keep busy. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I love the observer, the observer there at the end. Oh yes, uh, that was like yeah, see that was, that was the hook to keep you into the next mm-hmm. into the next one next yeah. show. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. It was good. It was a good. It was a good episode. Mm-hmm. Not my favorite episode, but wow, that marionette scene. We didn't even talk about that. Talk, you know, the, talk about creepy. That was that was different. Very creepy. creepy from the grossness. Not a gross creepy, but just an eerie creepy. Yes, I, I was like. What you know? That was just bizarre. That was, and just, they didn't just briefly go over it. They spent like a minute and a half of him pulling the levers and her arm coming up and her head yeah. coming right. It was it was pretty. It was very very convincing. This whole marionette. Oh yeah, that he had her all hooked up to these these ropes and and the actress that played her phenomenal. She, job. she I mean she did a real. I mean she only had to be alive for not even a minute, but that scene where he he, he does reanimate her. Uh, you know that was uh, that was creepy too. Well, Jen from New York called in. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jen, for calling in and gave us some feedback. I'm going to play half of her half of her thoughts here. She's going to talk about some other shows, but she eventually is going to get to Fringe, and we're going to talk. And I'm going to stop it. We're going to talk about some of her thoughts on Fringe, and then go back and talk about some of her other shows. And I okay. thought that it was a good way to kind of uh, work with that. So here's Jen from New York calling in about some of the shows that she's watching. I just want to link a quick uh, voicemail talk about the, the stuff that I've watched so far over the week. And uh, let's say, like, uh, Tuesday, my, my Tuesday TV viewing schedule is very busy. It usually starts out watching Glee. That's, like, my guilty pleasure. You know, it's not too genre but, uh, you know, like I said, it's my guilty pleasure. Uh, then I take, or no, it ain't fabulous, which I haven't had a chance to watch yet. But I wound up watching Eureka, the Christmas special. That was very good, very cute. And I was like, when like the channels do that and uh, and kind of give us a little extra, you know, a little extra gift. 
that sort of like reminds us like why we like the show and everything is very cute. And uh, then I taped Warehouse 13 because it went on at 10 o'clock and I usually go to bed by then. But I left my TV on the sleep timer, so at least I gave it ratings, hopefully. <laughs> but I watched it the next day, and that was very good, too. Very cute. And, uh, yeah, that was very nice. Um, and then Thursdays is usually my other big night. And then I watched The Big Bang Theory. That was very good, funny again. Um, then the, even, like, Shatner's new show, um, you know, Bleep My Dad Said, was very cute, too. Uh, then, of course, there was Fringe, I tell you. Last week's episode was like the best ever. I'm like, if they could have, if they would have ended the series there, I would have been happy. You know, I like it when they give the story like a full like ending. You know, with Olivia coming back, I'm like, that was awesome. But then, you know, even like this week's was really good too. I mean, I mean, because I got to think of them like, okay, where are they going to go from here? You know, and so uh, especially I kind of like felt really bad for Olivia now too because like. You know, she knows that the other one was living her life and wearing all her clothes and everything, doing whatever in her apartment. And it's like, okay, I would like want to burn everything I was wearing too, you know. <laughs> but uh, and and then like also with, with the creepy guy too, taking all his body parts. I'm like, I love those scenes. <laughs> and it's like, it, it's so funny how like those scenes and comparing them to like something like NCIS, and they're like. I'll catch a glimpse of them doing the autopsy, and I'm like, I just can't watch it. I'm like, because that's like almost more realistic than the fringe, where they do like the really gross stuff on that, too. <laughs> oh, boy. But uh, no, that was really good. I'm like, I was really impressed. I'm like, just frustrated that they're moving into Friday nights. And I'm hoping it's just a little temp- short temporary thing that, you know, until Smallville ends, because my sci fi Friday lineup has always been Smallville at 8. Supernatural at 9, and then, of course, I watch Sanctuary at 10. But, uh, you know, so it'll be, like, really tough. Like, I'm going to have to tape, like, you know, Fringe in a different room or something. <laughs> but, uh, you know, hopefully that's a temporary until, like I said, Smallville ends. Well, let's talk a little bit about some of her thoughts mm-hmm. about Fringe here. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gave some good thoughts. I mean, this really is a re- – this really does showcase – Olivia's the, the actor that plays Olivia's acting talent, right? I mean, she, well, yeah. Anna Torv does a phenomenal job of dealing with the grief of kind of having her life stolen from her. This is identity theft in in its in its real form, right? And, and I was just thinking as I was listening to Jen. I mean, Olivia was. You know, I mean, I was, I was remembering the episode. She's probably thinking she's she feels very violated. Uh, you would. I mean, it's and it's a different story. I mean, Olivia, our Olivia in the alt universe was forced to live that life. I mean, right. she was manipulated. Um, she really didn't have control. But this was an intentional theft. Yes. So Olivia, that was an intentional theft of her life, of her future boyfriend, mm-hmm. of you know, of her future lover, and she has every right to feel violated. Yeah, this. absolutely. And so, uh, and, and you're right. I mean, she did a, the actress, uh, Anna Torva, who did a phenomenal job uh, portraying all that. I, I felt her pain, you know, while, you know, in that episode. Yeah. And, you know, the other, it, it was good and, and she's right. And with the whole Friday thing we've talked about before, we don't need to necessarily go into that. Um, it will get lighter when Smallville's off. When is Smallville's final episode? Um, I don't know. I'll yeah, I don't know. I, we yeah. should look it up, but 
but but we haven't looked it up. It is just one other comment about uh, Fringe before we let Fringe go. Do you have anything else to say about Fringe before I wrap this up about Fringe? No, I don't. Okay, uh, Chelsea Don Jones said, "Why doesn't Peter get a gun?" <laughs> and I thought, you know, that's true. He never carries a gun. I never even think of that. Well, is he? He's not. He's a consultant. He's right? a consultant, so he's not. You know. A, I guess consultants don't get guns. That's like Patrick Jane on The Mentalist getting a gun. He never has a gun either, or rarely has a gun. Mm-hmm. You know, but it'd be great to see him with a gun. Oh, he, yeah. might, he might be dangerous. I mean, can you imagine Walter with a gun? Oh, that's <laughs> hilarity <laughs> ensues. <laughs> yeah, or just oh, the show takes another direction. Mm-hmm. I can imagine Walter with a gun. That yeah. I could. That's yeah, not. That's, that's, that's not a leap. Not far fetched at at all. Right. Well, let's, uh, we're going to continue, uh, the Jen's feedback. And again, Jen, thanks for calling. Oh, by the way, before we get into that, she did talk about some other shows we should talk about. Big Bang Theory. Did you watch it this week? I did. And, uh, loved it. Very funny. Um, I think when you find the time to watch it, you'll, you'll love it too. Yeah. Just another show to add to my bucket list, right? Yep. yep. I did not watch the Eureka Christmas special, but it is on my TiVo. And I, I am planning on watching it because Alison Scagliotti is on it. Come mm-hmm. on. I did watch Warehouse 13. We'll talk about the Warehouse 13 in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Bleep My Dad says, are you watching this at all? I know you watched one of the early episodes. But- I watched the first. I stopped watching. I, it, it just, um, it's not sci-fi. And it's here's not time, sci- here's and time to watch something that's not sci-fi. Exactly. <laughs> priorities, priorities. Come on, yeah, priorities here. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go ahead and listen to some more of what Jen says about some of the other shows that she's watching here. Even this week's both, it was really awesome. You know, kind of sad to see that they uh, killed off Hawkman, but I'm hoping that's only temporary since he said he like lives his life over and over again. Although I don't know what that means exactly in his terms. <laughs> but the... Uh, you know, I love Michael Shanks always, you know, especially from SG-1, because I was a big, huge fan of SG-1, you know, Stargate first, and then there was Stargate Atlantis, and, you know, Stargate Universe has been pretty good, you know, it's been getting better, so, you know, I'm feeling kind of on the fence with that one, but, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm a loyal viewer, and I stick to it until, we, like, something like to happen to the Capitol. But, uh, and also I wanted to talk about, I was reading an article about Wonder Woman, and I'm just so, so glad that David R. E. Kelly, or whatever his name is, is not going to be writing for it. Because I'm like, I just didn't want another Ally McBeal slash Wonder Woman. I'm like, why can't these people get somebody like Josh Green or, like, even Sam Raimi to read, write, write for the show? I'm like, because otherwise, I'm like, what's the point then? Um, like, she needs to be, like, more action-oriented than I'm, like, well, they can use, like, a little drama in it, too. But, I mean, really. I'm, like, the kid right for her. And then I read an article saying that the Raven from the Teen Titans might be, like, the next genre show, like, the next superhero show, you know, after, like, Smallville. I'm, like, all right, you know. I mean, I love the character, too, because I was a big Teen Titans fan, comic book fan. But, uh... And then I can kind of see where they're coming at, you know, because, like, she was born from a human and half-human, half-demon, you know, kind of character thing. As long as they have her in the cape, I'll be happy. <laughs> but uh, I'm almost hoping that they would give her some kind of sidekick, too, that would kind of counteract her, like, darkness there. That would be interesting. But, uh, well, so, oh, and then, like, the fluffy thing, I'm like, that's, a, mm, you know... And I'm hoping they do a really good job because we don't really know the full story behind the scenes or whatever happened with uh, Josh Green there because he was, like, the big main part of that whole show. But uh, I just hope they don't really, like, really kill it or something. I don't know what they plan on doing with it. 
that's uh those are just my like thoughts on it. I just want to pause it one more time here, and then we'll listen to the rest of of your of your voicemail back, Jen. Which, by the way, again, thanks for sending that in. Mm-hmm. Smallville, you, are you caught up in Smallville? I am. Yes. So they kill Hawkman. Yeah, they you do can't kill Hawkman. Well, he he has a very heroic death. Um, if uh, if you, you will. can't kill Michael Shanks, well, don't you know when you kill him, he'll only become stronger. You're thinking of something else. Well, I, I am. What? Uh, but, you know, when you killed Michael Shanks in SG-1, he ascended and then came back a season later. So, hmm. I mean, he doesn't have another season to come back. But you can't kill Michael Shanks. You, you just got to know that. I think what they wanted to do, maybe we'll see another appearance of Hawkman and maybe Hawkgirl. Um, in in this, in, Smallville's taking the, the, the mythos where uh, that, that Hawkman and Hawk girl lived thousands of years before they end up getting killed but they come back they reincarnate and so uh so like a phoenix kind of like a phoenix um but hawk girl his 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 wife is is dead but the only time they can both come back is when they both die so maybe we'll see both of them but i think what they'll if they do that we'll have to see different actors uh different different actors different characters play those the parts of hawk man hawk girl so when they come back they look different I, I suspect that's what's going to happen. Yeah, well, uh, you just can't kill Michael Shanks. He, he was a great Hawkman, and he looked good in the Hawkman costume. I Which mean, I think there was some doubt about when they first gave him the role. People were like, how does he look in the Hawkman costume? I mean, this is Michael Shanks, but he didn't do a He job. pulled it off. He, yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty mm-hmm. good. Uh, and uh, the whole Wonder Woman comment, I'm too glad that the Alan McBeal guy is not doing it. Can See, you that imagine? was news to me. I didn't know that, that, that uh, he... Uh, he was supposed to be writing for it, I think. Right. And, uh, I agree. You know, give Wonder Woman to Joss Whedon, and then you'll have a good show. Yeah. I talk about someone that really, really focuses on empowering women, Joss Whedon. He, he writes well for women, yes, and, and, and for superhero genre stuff. Yeah, and Sam Raimi, I, I mean, I don't know how he'd play into it. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. I mean, all I know about is what, Spider-Man? Didn't he do Spider-Man? He was Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Guy, right? Man. Yeah. But, uh, as long as you get Miracle Laurie to play Wonder Woman. Yep. Hey, I'm all for it. Miracle. Come on, Miracle. Yep. Um, and uh, as far as Raven and the whole Team Titan thing, uh Again, we we talked we talked about in the regular episode. I don't think we need another superhero movie uh, show. We're going to have like five or six coming around here. It's going to be too much after a while. Yeah. So put the Raven in there yet? The Raven. Mm-hmm. Quote the Raven. Nevermore. But yeah. So that was that was kind of her her thoughts there about that. Let's jump in and listen to the rest of her voicemail, and then um, uh, I'll let it wrap up this time. But then also, I went to see Narnia yesterday, and that was just awesome. I'm like, I was so happy at least that I would say that was almost better than Harry Potter was this week. Uh, I mean, even though I had to go see it in 3D, I'm like, why do they have to make these movies in 3D? It kills me. Because it does, it does make me kind of nauseous when I sit there with the glasses and I can't move my head too much. Otherwise, I'll be like, oh, woof. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what can we do? But uh, no, I was really pleased with it. I'm like, between the rat and this new kid that was in the movie, they were like the best parts of the whole thing. <laughs> All right. And then, of course, there was my Supernatural last night, which I'm like, that show really knows how to leave you on a cliffhanger. And Scott, you should really check that out because also it's funny now. Especially like with Fringe, what they're doing with Olivia is kind of like what they've been doing with Sam all along on Supernatural. That they were saying that how, like, you know, Maybe they're thinking that Olivia came back wrong somehow. You know, so, yeah, no, that, that's really good. And also, that's your whole thing about, like, 
you're like, re- you know, rewatching and stuff, I was thinking maybe you can call it like Sci-Fi Rewind or something. And that's just my thoughts on it. So, and, and like during the summer, I have more time to like rewatch stuff. But uh, I would like to go back now and watch uh, something like Dark Angel because I know like even like I think Jensen and Ankles was like in that too back then because who knew you know <laughs> who he was back then. And also, I think the guy who plays Denoso in NCIS was also in that. I think. I have to go back and look at the cast list, but I think so. All right, well, I hope you guys have a good holiday, and hope to call. You- Thank you so much, Jen, again, for calling in and leaving your feedback. I may have to go back and watch Supernatural. It's certainly a show that would be on my list of shows I will eventually want to watch. Yeah, probably me too. Yeah, yeah Christopher Hiredall, he's probably the main reason I want to watch it mm-hmm. because as we interviewed him and talked to him. But I hear a lot of good things about the show, and it, it does. Jen, you're right. It needs to be on my list. and. Maybe if the sci-fi rewind takes off or whatever we end up calling it, mm-hmm. I liked your name, but uh, whatever we end up deciding to call it, you know, it may be one that makes it. And Dark Angel, for that matter, may may make that list eventually as well. Mm-hmm. So, very cool. Thanks again so much for calling in. Again, if you want to call in and leave your voicemail, leave your thoughts about the shows you're watching or anything, you can do that at one eight 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 five zero eight four three four three. Well, just a little blip on Caprica. I think we mentioned it as the main show, but the final five will air January 4th. Set your DVRs in motion, and um, we have some DVDs that will be released here soon mm-hmm. in the next week, I think, as well. But for Caprica, get to see that final five, Miles. We're waiting on that. After that, that's it for Caprica. It is it for Caprica. Mm-hmm. Um, well, just some brief uh, feedback on Walking Dead, and this came care of Andre... Who on our Facebook fan page, who says this? Uh, anyone else read the Walking Dead comic after watching the show and knows the sh- story is completely different? I'm on volume four and they haven't entered any kind of CDC facility. In fact, there is a long story that takes place at a farm and then a prison. If you're going to change the story that much, just write an original zombie story. I like the books. I just don't get why writers make such sweeping changes to me. It's more than, than deviating a bit. All right, and Jason Taylor from a Facebook fan page responded and said, I've read all the issues since the TV show started, and I have no problem with them deviating a bit. The core of the story is still intact. They are outstanding. The artwork's great. I found a YouTube channel that had all of them posted, but I want to get my hands on the books. Kirkman said in an interview now that they've left the CDC. They're only five miles away or so from the farm. I really don't need to see a scene-for-scene adaptation. Mm-hmm. So there's two different views in this. One right. one person, you know, Andre is saying, stay true to the comics. And the other one saying, look, as long as the core principle and idea is intact and we deal with some of the things that we deal with in the comic books, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. There's, I don't think anyone would argue that Walking Dead was per- perhaps one of the most phenomenal shows, most surprise hits this year. Right. Very well, very, very realistic, and very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, people might argue this point, though. So what do you think? How close does a show need to follow a comic book? When it's when it's, when the show has an audience, when it has a comic book audience, how how true must they need to be? How true do they need to be? I don't have a uh, definite yes or no answer because, um, one, I haven't read the comics of, of or seen the TV show Walking Dead just yet. Um, but any comic. Take yeah. any comic then. Um, I would probably agree with the second view that as long as it stays close to the core of what the comic had. I mean you can't do – 
I agree, a scene-by-scene adaptation from the comic book. It may not be realistic or may not even work for TV. So um, cautiously, I could say, yeah, as long as it stays close to the core, it doesn't lose me too much from what they originally done before. Uh, I'm okay with it. Maybe a question for our listeners and for for, for you guys out there and for Andre. Uh, um, are there shows, are there comic books that have been well adapted? That have been adapted like scene for scene. Right. That you feel that you feel common saying this is a great adaptation of a comic book. And I don't know of any right off the bat. It's hard to do that. Yeah, I think if I recall with, with The Watchmen, I think uh, many viewers, with the exception of the ending, said they they did a pretty good job of staying. Oh, well, maybe that is a better adaptation of it. But uh, I, I will have that, that. That's what I heard. So I would you know any viewers who have. Red, but Red Watchmen, then seeing the movie, I'd be curious if you would agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, this is the last thing I think we'll comment on. Well, we have No Ordinary Family too, but just a few last thoughts before we wrap the show yet, because we're getting kind of long in our listener episode here. Warehouse 13 and Eureka Christmas Specials, of course, aired. Miles, you watched Warehouse 13, right? I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had to watch it. And it was a fun episode. It, it was a lot of fun, yes. Not not maybe the best Warehouse 13. I think part of the problem for me is it didn't play into the higher mythology of the show, and there seems to be – there was a continuing arc, and like they're looking for H.G. Wells or something, and it's kind of a standalone episode. It has a good deal of cheese factor in it. Yeah. But you kind of expect that with Warehouse 13 to a degree. Yeah, that, 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 that bothered me. I mean – I yeah, I mean, I don't think it was the best Warehouse 13 episode, but I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. You know, I just went along with it. I mean, you uh, got to see Artie's father. Let's see. I mean, Judd Hirsch. I mean, you got to love Judd Hirsch. Oh, you know, you know my, my, whenever I see him, I think of the guy from Independence Day. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I can. I think it's, I don't know if is that the, he's done other stuff, but that is the only role that I ever really that, that's the most that's the biggest role that I know him for mm-hmm. the Independence Day movie. And that's what, you know, close to 15 years old now. Yeah. Uh, uh, Radu said, yeah, it was a silly story, but nice to see the crew again, except for maybe, oh, what's his name, Joss? I could have done without Joss. That's, jo- uh, that's, uh, that- that's Gagliotti's brother. Okay, Chloe's. Uh, Chloe's uh, brother, again. Yeah. Whatever her name mm-hmm. is. Claudia's brother. Claudia's brother, yeah. Chloe. Who, Chloe, where are you coming? That's like, you're, th- you're thinking small, though. I am, yeah. Small about Chloe. Small on the brain. Um, oh, there's another show with Chloe in it. Oh, it's Chloe. Oh, that's in um, SGU. Is there a Chloe in SGU? Yes, there is. Okay, see, too many Chloe's. Come on, get rid of the Chloe name. Uh, Chelsea said, oh, my God, watching the Warehouse Christmas special, I love it, and I love the Cats in the Cradle song. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good Mm -hmm. abide. Go ahead. What did Mike Crate say? Uh, Both the Christmas specials were mindless fluff, but I'm not knocking that, and they were both fun episodes. And Claudia, as always, was the key. Mind you, great to uh, Paul Blackthorne, but I mourn the role when he wasn't Harry Dresden. Yeah, I guess the guy from the Dresden Files is in it. I didn't. I hey, did you watch the Dresden Files? I did not. No, but I hear good things about mm-hmm. it. it. Might be a show I have to watch. Now, Matt Matt, Matt Evan came across with his more than realistic approach to the show. He said, "I love the show, but man, it's just getting cheesier and cheesier with the effects and acting. They need to step it up a notch, or else it's probably going to lose fans." Well, I don't know if it'll lose fans or not. I, it'd be interesting to see how this season compared as far as ratings went overall to last yeah. season. I don't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, I don't think that you were meant to take these these episodes too seriously. And again, I, we said it before. I'm okay with the cheese factor. It was it was it was a it was a fun episode. I, I, yeah. I liked it. Well, Miles, you of course talked about No Ordinary Family and how dark this mid season finale was. Right. Um, so. So yeah, I mentioned on Facebook. Um, uh, so I caught up with No Ordinary Family, and 
I am assuming this, this is the mid, mid-season ending. Uh, good episode, uh, dark ending. What do you think? It's basically the uh, do- the the guy who's the bad. Well, Stephen Collins, I guess, is the main bad guy, but he basically his right hand. Um, this, this younger guy, um, he 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 he's basically a super telekinetic, but his powers are only temporary. He has to keep getting injections of this uh, solution that um, the, the family members seem to have gotten a, a huge dose of that they don't need. You know, their powers are permanent. His powers are only temporary. However, what he did to the daughter basically he wiped he wiped her her uh, memories up up to the point just before they fly to South America, and so. Um, because she's trying to read his mind and can't, and he knows it, and so, but he's trying to unlock the secret to all this, and so wow. he, he wipes her her mind, and it's just you're not sure if he's going to kill her or what he's going to do because he's brought some people to um, um, uh, sort of a violent end at a few times, but he doesn't kill her. He just, uh, you know, as, as uh, Jason Taylor says, uh, he hastened her, which I love. That was homage to heroes. Uh, he's the only one we've seen that has multiple powers. Perhaps she'll need an injection. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, good stuff. Again, I'm not watching No Ordinary Family. Maybe mm-hmm. to my not credit. They're all in my TiVo. Maybe yeah. over the break. We'll yeah. see. But Charlie J's now in my mind, so it might take a backseat. Mm-hmm. And maybe something I just need to wait and see and maybe catch up in the summer sometime. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Thanks, guys, so much for sharing your thoughts on the shows. Thanks, Jen and Kevin, for giving us your audio feedback. Thanks for the iTunes reviews. Thanks for all the comments on our Facebook fan Mm -hmm. fan page. If you are not subscribed to our Facebook fan page, please join the community. Miles, we want to hit 200, don't we? We want to hit 200 fans before the end of the, before the new year. Can we do it? That'd be great. We can do it. That'd be great. Mm -hmm. We should give a prize. (laughs) <laughs> no, probably not but uh, Think Geek yeah, don't forget about Think Geek contest yeah, coming up good. and uh, that's it okay well till next time good night and good luck we'll see ya
conversation 11, right? I think so. I think we have 10. I, Probably, can, I can look it up real quick. Yep, this is 11. Okay. Well, we hope you enjoyed listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. If you want to find out more about the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, please visit SciFiDinerPodcast.com where you can find show news, pictures, videos, and many other things about the Sci-Fi Diner. You can also find the Sci-Fi Diner where else, Miles? We have a Facebook fan page, and uh, we have very active discussion going on there between uh, Scott and myself and you, the listeners. So I encourage you, please uh, join our Facebook fan page, and let's talk some sci-fi. You can find us on Twitter at twitter.com backslash sci-fi diner. You can find me on Twitter. That's uh, Herzog, H-E-R-T-Z-O-G. And I am uh, Son of Worf uh, at Twitter, and I also uh, on uh, Trek Space, uh, Son of Worf at Trek Space. And Lee, uh, we want to hear from you. So please email us at the sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com or call our listener line at 1-888-508-4343 and let us know your thoughts on what you're watching, what you like, what you don't like. We want to hear from you. 